You do things your own way. You make things your own, just the way you like them. Your bank should do that for you, too. The Bank of Clark is the bank for that. From banking to lending to wealth management, when you need financial services built just for you, we're the bank for that. Find out what banking design just for you is all about. Call 1-800-650-8723. Visit your local Bank of Clark branch today or go to bankofclark.bank. That's bankofclark.bank. We're the bank for that. Member FDIC. Sometimes, man, when you got your fucking head so buried in work, it's um, it's almost like refreshing, you know what I'm saying, for, for people to kind of take notice and, you know what I'm saying, want to hear, like, some of the steps you've been through, some of the shit that you're seeing, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I know I, I work like a lot of younger guys, and I try to pass them on, like, a lot of my insight and shit like that, but um, a part of me feels like, you know what I'm saying, a lot, like, this shit should reach a much bigger audience, you know what I'm saying? Like, we got so many people in our race that's just lost, you know what I'm saying, that's looking for a way type shit. That's a that's the best code open we did ever had. That's going to be the code open right there. I'm so glad you recorded for it, because that was... <laughs> that little 30-second bar was a bar. Yo, what's happening with what's happening? Welcome to What's Happening. I'm Brad. I'm Fred. It's the show we talk about what's happening. What's happening with you, bro? Not much, bro. Uh, you pretty much know. I just seen you. Like, yeah, bro, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah. nothing much, man. Just went to go watch my baby sister graduate. Last of my mama and children, you know, to finish it up. So that was dope. Then I had to do an impromptu trip to Michigan, but you know, made the best out of it. Got to see bro, got to see, you know, uh, my nephew and niece. Uh, so, it, you know, it was, it was great. What's up with you? Man, like you just said, we just saw each other 12 hours ago, <laughs> literally 12 hours ago, like not even a, a makeshift number. It was that time <laughs> when you pulled up to my house, got to see my homie in person for the first time in eight years. So that was, that was dope. But, um, yeah, man, you know everything. You know the, the uh, we had little 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 family emergency over the weekend. Myself here, and uh, but we all good, man. The wife was a little under the weather, but you know, we all back together. And um, yeah, man, it's all good. And um, you know that is uh, usually I come up with a segue somehow, some way, and I just couldn't pull it together this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. You know, we you know, actually yeah. that is the segue. How you miss it, bro? I, I mean, what I like, missed. I mean, All right, let's let's pretend. It. Let's pretend like we gonna edit it out. We are not gonna edit it out. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, you know what I'm saying. You know, you talking about catching up. You know what I'm saying. We ain't seen each other in eight years. You know what I'm saying. See? So. The whole segue would be, you know what I'm saying, you got your boy Ray, you know what I'm saying, on the line who you went to school with and ain't get to catch up, you know what I'm saying, with in a while. And so talking about catching up with friends, Ray, what's going on with you, bro? Uh, can't call it, can't call it. Slow motion, man. How y'all doing? Hey, we good, bro. Just getting in our bag, you know, trying to be like you. Hey. <laughs> Last week, you said you're going to take over the segues. That just that just locked it in. You, you <laughs> the segues is yours, my brother. <laughs> but so, uh, but yeah, we got uh we got Ray Allen, not you know not the uh the Hall of Fame basketball player, but a brother in the Hall of Fame in his own right. He and I went to high school together, and um, you know through the magic of social media, we've been able to keep up despite you know graduating high school eighteen years ago. Whew. Good Lord. <laughs> that'll, that'll hurt. That'll make you think. But um yeah, man, just wanted to check in and and you know get some details and, and get some game from you on how you've been, what you've been working on since you know in these last 18 years and talk about how life is going for you, bro. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, man, I'm an open book, bro. Just, you know what I'm saying? Whatever questions, whatever info, you know what I'm saying? Shoot it to me. And I mean, I'm going to answer that shit transparent as fuck. That's what I love. That's what I love. 
So first off, I sent the 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 invite to this uh, to, to the link here. The the email address I sent it to was the name of a construction company. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, let's talk about that. How'd you get that going, and what made you want to get that going? Uh, shit. I'm I got that started about twelve years ago, man. Um, I think the seeds for that construction company were planted, you know what I'm saying, way back in high school. You know, I transferred into Central from Ohio, um, but it was on the heels of getting kicked out of school in Ohio. Um, I had to go to like a, a, a trade school down there. So I picked up the carpentry aspect of it and uh, shit, it was always something that I had in my back pocket. So, I, you know what I'm saying, I kind of blew through my grades and shit up at Central, went to college, tried to go the white collar way and fucking uh, got into a little bit of legal trouble and had to fall back on the, you know what I'm saying, on the card that I had in my back pocket and shit, the rest is history. I know, I don't remember the Ohio part. I didn't know none of that. So, um, you know, what, what interests me about, what stands out to me about the construction company piece is that, you know, something that, I've been thinking about a lot recently myself. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation with you is it seems like when we talk about entrepreneurship um, um, as, as black people, you know, it seems like it's, we're gonna do hair, we're gonna do nails, or we're gonna sell food. And I don't mean that to be stereotypical, but it's just like, how many, not trying to be funny i just how, how many how many of us gonna sell wings how many of us is gonna sell you know how many of us gonna cut hair we just gonna keep raising the price on on, on the barbershop it used to cost ten dollars to get your hair cut now it costs 25 30 depending on where you go mm -hmm. it's 50 and like i say all that to say is like it seems like when we talk about entrepreneurship it's we're all in the same thing and you're doing something that is obviously needed but you're one of maybe two black people I know in construction. Mm -hmm. So I think um, part of doing something different is the ability to get out and see different. Um, being from Ohio, uh, the, the small town that I came from, it was unique in the sense that it was like uh, extremely rich America meeting extremely poor America. So it kind of gave uh, a fucking a black kid like myself that was from the inner city of Detroit, a chance to see, you know what I'm saying, what it is to have parents that were um, fucking owners of a veterinarian or a veterinarian or pet store or fucking doctor's office, dentist, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, we don't really see that in the city of Detroit. You know what I'm saying? We see our mamas hustling. We see our daddies working a nine to five. So just, you know what I'm saying? That it, it I guess it planted that seed to be able to strive for something that was different. Now, I lucked up um, and I come from a family of contractors. My my dad was a contractor. His brother was a contractor. And they um, put in a lot of work in and around the city. Um, my dad and his brother, they formed a construction company back in the 70s and the 80s. And like they actually were the ones who put all of the, the, the glass work into the Masonic Temple and Cobo Hall before they just re revamped it. Um, so that's it was part of what I saw was, you know, what I'm saying and my dad. But, you know, what I'm saying it was, it was just off of a, it was fruit from a different tree. Um, but I had to be able to see different shit in order to, you know what I'm saying, strive for different stuff. I agree 100%. That was dope. I'm glad you shared that. Uh, what I got to ask, what little town in Ohio was you from? It's called Yellow Springs, Ohio. Same town as Dave Chappelle. Okay, so right outside of Dayton there. Yep. <clears throat> okay, I'm from Lima, Ohio, so... I okay, had, I had to ask because it, you know, it sounded familiar. So <laughs> I'm like, man, it sounds like a familiar place, but definitely. Um, so now you say you had to see something different, and I, I, I want you to, you know, what I'm saying elaborate a little more on, you know, what, what was you know what I'm saying, the actual 
ideal that that you know said hey you need to make it a business not you know like okay i got this car in my back pocket like what when did you get to that point where you like okay i'm gonna do this for real because what, um what did you see different that said you could do it for real should i say honestly it, it was always like a hidden passion um I remember we had a, a fucking uh, house fire in Ohio and before this house fire played out, you know what I'm saying? I always had dreams and aspirations of being a pro football player or that shit didn't work out. I wanted to be, uh, become a, a attorney. Um, but we had a house fire in Ohio and it was, it was crazy as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Our, our house fire made the news and shit. Um, I happened to run into my football coach. He worked at the hospital. Um, you know what I'm saying? I, I had like smoke inhalation and all this shit. But me, my brothers, and my dad, it was a situation where he was cooking something and I forgot to turn it off. You know what I'm saying? I ended up falling asleep. So it was like a grease fire on a stove. And in this small town, um, pretty much all of the firefighters were like a volunteer crew. So it, it wasn't a situation where you got fucking firefighters at a firehouse where they slide down the pole, hop into the little overalls and shit and hop on the truck and come straight to you. Um, these are a bunch of farmers and shit. You know what I'm saying? These motherfuckers coming from home. You know what I'm saying? They got to go to the fire station, get the fucking truck. And you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like a time consuming process. So anyway, I watched my dad. Uh, it it kind of gave me like the greatest respect you know what I'm saying, for him, but he fought the fire solo, you know what I'm saying, like, until the fire department, you know what I'm saying, like, arrived, and this was damn near like a 30, 45-minute fight, you know what I'm saying, like, we, we, at this time, we're maybe seven, eight years old, you know what I'm saying, so when, when fucking daddy says, get back, you know what I'm saying, it ain't no helping him, it's stay your ass back, so, anyway, he fought this fire, fought this fire, and, uh, pretty much kept it contained until the fire department got there and they ended up putting it out. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? We, uh, we were just going through a whole process of being like displaced and shit. Um, we had to stay with different relatives down there, but I remember coming to the house one day after school so I could get a change of clothes and our entire house, like it, it was smoke damage everywhere. You know what I'm saying? All the walls black, you know what I'm saying? It didn't, didn't really seem like it was no salvage in that motherfucking house. It was just like crazy. You know what I'm saying? Even walking in there, it just seemed hazardous and shit. But I remember coming in there to get my change of clothes. And my dad was in there. You know what I'm saying? Solo. And you know what I'm saying? I could hear the noises as I walk up on the porch. You know what I'm saying? I open the door, unlock. And as I come in, I hear a lot of banging and shit like this. And at the time, I didn't know it was my dad. But when I bent the corner and I saw him, like, he had pretty much gutted the kitchen and was in that motherfucker getting busy solo. You know what I'm saying? And it was just, like, the most amazing visual that I think a young boy could see of his dad is single-handedly repairing some shit that was, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it didn't yeah, seem fathomable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that, you know what I'm saying, that kind of planted a seed in me, like, you know what I'm saying, damn, he he pretty much working magic. He doing the impossible and shit. So anyway, my pops took that shit and, you know what I'm saying, we went from a simple kitchen to him building on an entire addition to the house. Like, he, you know what I'm saying, he really went above and beyond, you know what I'm saying? You Like, in my mind state now, looking back it was probably some shit that he he had been meaning to do for a long ass time and that was just his opportunity to do it and uh it, you know what i'm saying his work was just was was crazy you know what i'm saying but anyway um i want to say long story short but shit it's already been long but i ended up it's a podcast um, bro take your time <laughs> yeah i ended up um coming back up here to Detroit and I wanted to go to white collar route. I was still chasing that dream of being a lawyer and um, shit. I ended up uh, doing an internship at the prosecutor's office. I ended up uh, landing a fucking uh, a, a little part-time gig at a law firm. And then um, shit, I ended up getting into legal trouble. I bought 
two uh two guns off of the streets and uh one was a desert eagle one was a little 38 bought them off the streets for a little bit of nothing just because i had a gun fetish and um ended up getting pulled over not even fucking two hours after i bought the shit i was taking them to my uncle to fix them and uh ended up getting pulled over so anyway that was the end of the you know what i'm saying that that the, the law firm shit you know what i'm saying obviously you can't do that kind of shit at the prosecutor's office, you know what I'm saying, or at a law firm, you know what I'm saying, like, right, yeah. when you got shit like that, so it's just a situation of, okay, what the fuck, you know what I'm saying, I'm kind of crush my little dreams and shit, you know what I'm saying, what's my fallback option, and I ended up doing um, six months in the county, and when I got out, I had a fucking um, Lincoln LS to my name, um, that was my only fucking possession in this world. I had the Lincoln LS. And obviously, you sit still long enough, you know what I'm saying? It gives you a chance to kind of rehash and reconfigure and think shit out. But, you know what I'm saying? I decided to hit the ground running when I got out. So I traded my Lincoln LS for a work band. Um, and then my mom's boyfriend at that time, he... You know what I'm saying? He introduced me to scrapping and shit. Like, he, he showed me what different kinds of metals were, how to identify them and shit like that. So, every day we would go out scrapping and, you know what I'm saying, with the little scrap money, the tools and fuse that were coming in, you know what I'm saying, I would just buy a tool. Buy a tool here, buy a tool there. And before you know it, I had enough um, tools and equipment, enough basic tools and equipment to take on little drywall jobs and shit like that. And I got my first break in Hamtramck. Um, I did a job out there and the people, the people out there, you don't really see Arabs with a lot of, you know what I'm saying, contractors in the family or construction workers or none of that shit. So when I came to do that work, A, Hamtramck is a, a place that, you know what I'm saying, is heavy on cold enforcement. So they shut you down ASAP if you ain't got the right paperwork and the permits pulled. So, you know what I'm saying, I was working in this house and I was doing, you know what I'm saying, work that obviously was impressive. And, um, you know what I'm saying, motherfucking neighbors would stick their head in the windows. Hey, you know how to hang a door. Hey, you know how to dig up a backyard. You know what I'm saying, just asking me, did I know how to do different shit? But anyway, one job led to another. I ended up linking up with the brother of the mayor of Hamtramck and just, through that affiliation alone, like, you know what I'm saying? That like everything just kind of caught fire. You know what I'm saying? So. Dope. That's dope. So amazing, bro. And, and, you know, I, I asked that because, you know, I feel like that's one of the biggest things. And I said it in another podcast of ours, um, where, because my dad, he he know how to do a lot of stuff, and I've seen him do a lot. He owns his own line and landscape business. And like I share with Bradley, is the thing is we don't share with our our generations enough. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we we got these mad skills, mad talent, and we'll lead this world and not hand it off to the people behind us. Yeah. You know, so they can grow and build and, and become better and, you know, leave that legacy that, you know, that that the Allen family, hey, they cold-blooded when it comes to building a house. You know what I'm saying? You you don't even want to play no games. You need to go over there, go holler at, you know what I'm saying, Mr. Allen, and he going to get you together. Behind that, behind that perceived perfection was a lot of imperfection. It was a lot of flaws. It was a lot of mistakes. It was a lot of touch-ups and growing pains along the way you know what i'm saying what what you see is a finished product right um yeah you know i'm saying it, a lot went into it and i feel like everything with social media is just kind of like a highlight you know what i'm saying so people i think people's emotions and their mental state of mind is based off of highlights but if you look deeper into that shit, you will realize like we got a similar ass fucking background. You know what I'm saying? Like we all making mistakes. We all trying to get by. We all, you know what I'm saying? Like we all battling some of the same motherfucking demons. And I feel like if that message, if we were able to connect to the average Joe, you know what I'm saying? The average fucking Mike or whoever the fuck it is that's out here. Like I feel like they would have a lot more hope than what it is that they do. I think they would turn to more resourceful stuff than just, you know what I'm saying, like 
robbing, killing, stealing, and some of the, you know what I'm saying, the unfortunate shit that they lean into. We had programs to, to to help with that. I think it would help, you know what I'm saying, push back on some of that, you know. But it, it's another episode for that. <laughs> no, but, man, it's crazy, though, bro. Like, coming up, I always saw programs as being cheesy. Like, I ain't really want to be affiliated with no boys and girls club or big brother bro. or, you know what I'm saying, none of that shit. Like, I just... I that's wanted to connect different. with real people. Exactly. That's different, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can see the cheesy aspect that you see in that. But if you had, yeah. you know what I'm saying, a boys and girls, you know what I'm saying, uh, contractors program where, you know what I'm saying, you start with small things like building dog houses or whatnot, you know what I'm saying, getting them familiar with certain tools and nails and woods and, mm -hmm. and different things. And, you know what I'm saying, going from as they get older to, getting more complex and understanding how to price a job or how to, you know what I'm saying, go about finding work, you know, it wouldn't be as cheesy. I agree. You're walking away with valuable skills and tools that you could utilize, you know what I'm saying, for a lifetime. Not that, you know what I'm saying, I could say, oh yeah, I remember, I remember Ray, we used to be in the Boys and Girls Club together. We, you know what I'm saying, we used to ball every day and, and play pool. You know what I'm saying? Not, so what? Like what does what does yeah. that matter? I mean, I mean it's cool, I guess we got a friendship, but at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying, the only value in that is one of us, you know what I'm saying, become somebody and then share that information with the other. Otherwise, and you I know what I'm saying, that, it's just a, a, a friendship that's that's empty. I think that's why I'm so transparent with everything that I do on Facebook. Uh by every move I try to document it, you know what I'm saying, for that very reason. And I like I catch a lot of flack from people that doesn't really understand what it is that I'm doing, where it is that I came from, like all of the obstacles that, you know what I'm saying, me, my, my family, you know what I'm saying, that we've overcome. Um, that's why I do it. Well, I also... Go ahead, Fred. I also think that it's a... It, it, mm, I think that our generation in particular is coming into this is finally you know having this this reckoning you know i think COVID, you know for everything that it's done i think that it's caused a lot of people to wake up in so many different areas and i think mm -hmm. to see like oh man like he ain't just like working these regular regular jobs like the rest of us like bro just been putting in his time and you know, where I think where it may have seemed like, you know, 10 years ago, it may have seemed like you may have been showing off. Um, and now it's like, hold on, bro, is is actually just, you know, kind of living his life now. You know, I remember uh, eight years ago we were doing, you were planning the uh, the 10 year high school reunion. And right. um, I remember there was some sort of talk that, people were concerned about what you were doing with the money and you yeah. put out, I remember you put a little post that just showed that like, yeah, I don't really need y'all money like that. I remember, I remember seeing that post like, all right, bro, I'll I, I see you out there. <laughs> yeah. I ain't gonna put your business out yeah. there in, in full detail, but uh, I remember seeing that post. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like um, it's easy to kind of, get caught up in, you know what I'm saying, a lot of the sideways shit that's, that's, that's happening out here. Um, so, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing that you could do in that instance is to be transparent. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if somebody's feeling some type of way, if it's speculation behind the scenes, if it's gossip behind the scenes, or whatever the case may be, like, the only way you could dispel any of that shit is to, you know what I'm saying, open up the books. This is you know what I'm saying, and show them this is what X, Y, and Z is, and I feel like that's what that move was, but I, for whatever reason, that shit kind of went over wrong. Uh, but like I say, I, I to me, I know what my intention was, so I've never really let that, you know what I'm saying, that one instance deter me from being transparent. Um, because I know just the background that I've come from, like I, me, like I was originally born in the city of Detroit, 
Um, and when I was like four, that's where we uh, moved to Ohio. And like I said, it was just kind of like a meeting, the best of both worlds. And every summer we would bounce back and forth from Detroit to Ohio, Detroit to Ohio, until we finally moved there when I was around, uh, what to say, about seven or eight. Um, but it, you know what I'm saying, it, it, it just kind of, I feel like it put me in a unique position, you know what I'm saying, of being able to sit in a class with kids that were less fortunate to, you know what I'm saying, to some of the um, white kids that were more fortunate, far more fortunate than, you know what I'm saying, most of us could ever see. So it was like a situation where you form strong-ass friendships with both of those people. So once you take some of those learning blocks from the white students, from the white schools, from uh, whatever the case may be, once you get it and you put that formula together and you'd have made it, you try to reach back to the kids that didn't really have that insight, you know what I'm saying, into what it took to get where it is that you, you know what I'm saying, that, that the place that you're sitting at. Um, so, you know what I'm saying, like I said, a lot of times it's, it, it comes off as one thing, but the intention is something completely different. And I think the older that I get, the more it is that I show, like, I think that picture is becoming more and more clear. And I think that's just, you know, that's it's always going to be speculation, no matter how transparent you are. It's always going to be someone that got something to say, you know, mad that you're doing it, mad it ain't them, for whatever reason, you know. And I think sometimes that's the, the biggest issue is instead of being mad, they should just reach out and be like, hey, how can I? Where, where do I need to start? What should I do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it, it goes a lot easier, you know what I'm saying? And truthfully, you find out some people are more than willing to help. They feel like more, more people should know these things or, or should want to do these things. So if you go to them, with intentions on trying to learn and, and you know saying being honest with what you want to do most people they'll show you they don't mind so yeah, real uh, that's that's the biggest thing so you took this construction company and you know how long have you been open now as a as a your own business 12 years um but i always had always had the concept in my mind that I wanted my success to be almost built like a spider where the main body was, you know what I'm saying? Whatever your primary occupation was. And then you had like legs that kind of carried that construct, you know what I'm saying? That construction company in my case. Um, so I, I've spent off the property management companies. I do the landlord tenant, uh, affairs, obviously for the houses that I own. Um, I do real estate. I do, you know what I'm saying, a little bit of everything, and it all kind of spawned off of, you know what I'm saying, the body of the spider. Understood. Now, that's mm. that's a dope concept. <clears throat> so, now, I got a question, personally, you know what I'm saying, because, like, I got rental property that I'm rehabbing now, and this thing took me a minute, but I think part of it was, like you said, you know, wanting to try to have a highlight reel and not being realistic on what it was going to take, you know what I'm saying, when I got into it. And so it yeah. took me a while, but I'm now, you know what I'm saying, got a nice head of steam going, even with me being far away from it and getting it going and fixed up. But on the property management side, so how, <clears throat> how do you necessarily present yourself without any previous work to say, you know, you know, because I, I, if I'm not, mistaken i understand it as in a you know saying a percentage thing where i'm basically filling you know so occupying your your vacancies for a percentage you know saying back um in the rent and there's you know saying a little more to it but just in theory but um after you know saying you present yourself to a, a landlord or owner of you know saying multiple properties how how do you you know what I'm saying get them to to go with you if you don't have any prior experience or you're just trying to start off? How would you say the best route is to 
getting into it. Honestly, bro, um, I, I'm not. I'm probably not the right person to ask that because a lot of my business is interrelated. So I never really had to pitch myself. So in this contracting world, um, you know what I'm saying? If I go in the house, you know what I'm saying? Let's say I landed a contract with a guy that, you know what I'm saying, has a hundred fucking houses. Um, once I go in this house and I remodel maybe three or four of them, um, let's say this particular client that I'm dealing with now, um, it's a guy from Canada. He has a hundred houses, gave me the contract through word of mouth. Um, from another one of my clients that is in Paris, but the guy in Paris vouched for me. He gave my information to the guy in Canada. And then the guy, once I did so many contracts, he wanted to come to the city to actually meet me. And yeah, I'm saying do walkthroughs on some of the other projects that, you know what I'm saying? He, he needed knocked out. And I think from, I want to say, 99.9% of all of the property management that I do, it it just stemmed from personal relationships that developed from the contract, the the construction world. So, you know what I'm saying? I never really had to go out and find a new client, you know what I'm saying? Or find a person that had a lot of houses and, and pitch to them why... I should be the one to sell it to them. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they, the people that I've dealt with, they, they automatically saw that value because, Hey, this is the guy that's fixing up all of this shit. If I'm in Canada or if I'm in Paris, France or Russia, you know what I'm saying? Obviously I can't be here. You know what I'm saying? Who, what better guy to put all of my houses in his hand than the guy that's actually fixing the shit up. You see what I'm saying? Gotcha. Now, what we're not going to do is breathe past you have an international business in multiple countries and multiple continents, my brother. Hey, that's the, <laughs> hey, that's what it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Throw that shit out there. Let them know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, the coolest man in Detroit right here. You know what I'm saying? We got him on the podcast. That's crazy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and that's, you know what I'm saying? That's dope. You know what I mean? Like, I, I really feel that. Now, so you know, it's crazy just to kind of connect two worlds from the previous point that we just made of, you know, I'm saying sitting in one classroom and getting pointers and taking it back to people that I had in another classroom, like fucking seven or eight years ago is when I finally started getting into the property management side of shit. And I saw from an inside um, perspective all of the investors that were coming into the city of Detroit. And on my page, you know what I'm saying? I Bradley, you could probably attest to this shit. I'm telling motherfuckers, buy now. Go to the land bank or whatever, whatever it was at that point in time, you know what I'm saying? Go to the city of Detroit, the city hall builders, buy up this property now, buy it now, buy it now. And I feel like a lot of that shit fell on deaf ears. You do things your own way. You make things your own, just the way you like them. Your bank should do that for you, too. The Bank of Clark is the bank for that. From banking to lending to wealth management, when you need financial services built just for you, we're the bank for that. Find out what banking design just for you is all about. Call 1-800-650-8723. Visit your local Bank of Clark branch today or go to bankofclark.bank. That's bankofclark.bank. We're the bank for that. Member FDIC. Like I took advantage of some of the inside deals that I, you know what I'm saying, I was privy to, but you could kind of see the fallout of people not really listening and not really being in tune to some of the shit, like some of the gems that I was throwing out way back when, because I was talking to motherfuckers and, and, and you know what I'm saying, I had like a lot of money or might've been fucking in different countries or from different states that were targeting Detroit after we filed bankruptcy. Yeah. Like now you see the, 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 the fallout behind that shit where you got two bedroom houses that's now going for 12, 13, 1400 bucks. And you know what I'm saying? I, I feel like, you know what I'm saying? I'm in that position to where shit, I tried to tell y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just, it, it's, it's awkward as hell. But that's that's real though, because you know, I, I say that all the time. Like, and, and it wasn't that long ago where you still could have bought something for like that. You know what I'm saying in Detroit? It, yeah. It, you know what I'm saying? 
I caught on to it late, but I still, you know what I'm saying? I was trying to tell folks too, hey, it's a lot easier than you think. You can get in real estate, yeah. you can say in a bunch of different ways. Um, you know, it, it it's just hard to say, but it's it's a lot of different ways that you can look at real estate and find your niche on getting in. There's really no excuse of not owning at least one property, you know what I'm saying, possible because we, we all waste our money on, on plenty of things throughout the year that could have easily bought something that could have held more value. Detroit is a unique city in the sense that it was one of the few cities left in America where cash was king. Um, this wasn't a city. When you got houses that go for fucking $1,500, $2,000, you know what I'm saying? You don't really have to worry about a mortgage or anything. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to worry about bank financing and approvals and all of the other stupid ass shit that they, you know what I'm saying, bring to the table once property value is inflated. So, you know what I'm saying? If you could go out and fucking get three or four pairs of Jordans in a row, you know what I'm saying? Stand in line for that kind of stupid ass shit, you could have bought your house. If you could go out and buy some buffs, you could have bought you a house. Yep. Or some name brand pants or all, you know what I'm saying? If you could ride all of those waves, those insignificant waves, you could have bought you a house. Facts. Yeah, that's what's up. So you you got your construction, you got your your your, your property. What what else you into, bro? Uh Shit, a little bit of everything, man. Um, uh, I got a fucking dispensary. Um, let me see, landlord tenant affairs with the stuff that I own, property management for like out of state and out of the country, property owners, um, construction, fucking uh I got a food truck that I haven't put out here yet. I just um entered into the preliminary phases of buying the keynote lounge and another consumption lounge um i'm just uh, i'm kind of putting one foot in front of the other and making making a move that makes the most sense um uh, if that makes any sense uh, perfect sense yeah i mean i don't really it's not like I, you know what I'm saying, I got any kind of strategy or, you know what I'm saying, like motherfuckers got all kinds of little graphs and charts and all that shit. Like, bro, I'm, I'm really just freestyling this shit. You know what I'm saying? Whatever opportunity is in front of me, if it makes sense, hell yeah, I'm a, you know what I'm saying, I'm investing it. Uh, so I've, I'm like a silent partner and I want to say seven startup companies. Um, but I, I kind of got my hand in a lot of shit, man. Stocks, you know what I'm saying? I just, I'm, to me, it always scared me. Uh, after I read an article, man, I want to say maybe 10, 12 years ago, and it was saying some shit about it not being a security by the time our generation, you know what I'm saying, got to that social security um, age. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be a retirement. You know what I'm saying? That fund is going to be exhausted. Um, so I feel like after I read that article, it just kind of made me put working for myself in overdrive. You know what I'm saying? Like the only way I'm going to work a nine to five and there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with working a nine to five for a long period of time. But in my mind, the only way I'm going to work a nine to five is if it's something beneficial. You know what I'm saying? If I could learn fucking supply and demand if i could get a certification from that you know what i'm saying like you got to be able to, to trade off and instead of me giving my time for a few bucks to pay bills like i need something from you that you know what i'm saying goes into the formula of the machine that i'm building so i did amazon i've done steel plants i've done shipping and receiving you know what i'm saying in each aspect of everything like it was either something i could add to my resume with like fuel cell um design or heavy equipment operators or um yeah you know i said all of these certifications and licenses like it, it's something that went you know what i'm saying on my resume to where when it was time for me to do it for myself like a motherfucker couldn't deny me because you know what i'm saying all of these big companies that y'all respect they certify me you see what I'm saying? So mm. smart. 
Mm, that was a bar. Instead <laughs> of letting these nine to fives use you, and you know what I'm saying? Like, you see motherfuckers working uh, the, the the auto world, you know what I'm saying, 20, 30 years. And when that fallout happened, they were kind of like asked out, you know what I'm saying? Nothing to fall back on. Like, I just didn't want to make that same mistake. So I just, you know what I'm saying? I wanted a gym from here, a gym from there. And it's crazy because I, I picked and choose picked and chose my way through college as well. Um, at no point did I ever go to school for a degree. Um, I was like very strategic in what it was that I felt like I needed. Like I, I want a business management course. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to pay top dollar to go to a fucking Wayne State. Um, I've been to five different colleges and five different states, and it was only to get the course or the curriculum that I felt I needed to build my company. Instead of letting them use me, you know what I'm saying, as a seat in the class to, you know what I'm saying, pay tuition to pay the instructors salaries and all of that shit, like I used them for what it was that I needed. I can't remember. So, that's... so what I'm really hearing is it's like you had a plan from A young point like you know I really feel like you know a lot of people you know including myself you know growing up where we, where we came out where, where we grew up at where we went to high school at it was can you make it can you survive can you you know put food on the table can you not get shot <laughs> yeah. um, it's and, crazy because that that's been my plan the whole time I didn't really have a uh, you know what I'm saying? A, a, a fucking drawn out plan as to what I wanted to do, how I wanted to, like, I, you know what I'm saying? It's just the best shit that was in front of me, I, I chose that door. Cool, you know what I'm saying? You got a goddamn felony, and it's a toss-up, you know what I'm saying? Whether or not you're going to be able to land this job, or, you know what I'm saying? Even if you do get a degree, you know what I'm saying? That only gives you the right to work for somebody else. Like, fuck all that. I'm a, you know what I'm saying? throw all that shit in the trash and I'm going to create my own rules and whatever we come out with after I make all of these rules, I'm going to rock with it. That's my only plan. So something that's not lost on me and something that we talked about before in the same episode, Fred, where you talked about, uh, you know, your, your dad had the entrepreneur spirit and all these things, but he never gave it to you. You know, my dad didn't have that. He, um, he was sick from the point that I was two until the day he died when I was 31. Um, my stepfather, he just worked jobs. He never had, he, he used to talk about wanting to start a cleaning company, but that, that was where that went. He talked about it. So, and then Ray, I'm hearing you say your father was an entrepreneur. Your uncle was an entrepreneur. Even listening yeah. to you say your mom's boyfriend, he got you in a scrapping. So, and, so in, in some, in so many aspects, you were surrounded by entrepreneurship. What is, yeah. you know, what would you say is one or some of the gems that you got from the men that you looked up to that if you had to reflect to say, you know, this was imparted into me, uh, that made me, that something that always just stuck with you? Uh Shit, you're gonna live this 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 life one time, play by your own rules, and if you're doing something fucked up, don't get caught. That's <laughs> <laughs> as real as it, it, it gets. Real shit. I love it. I love it. Um so you don't have kids, do you? Me? Or do you? I'm forgetting. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got three, two boys and a girl. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. So what are the conversations that that you have with your kids? And I know they, they gotta be fairly young because me and you the same age. So what's the conversations that you having with, with your kids? Uh they are obviously too young to have conversations with. So you just kind of put those building blocks in front of them. Um one thing that I, I, I took notice to and it's crazy because in this 
construction world, you, you learn a lot of stuff on the fly. So part of what I did was I surrounded myself with a bunch of old people because I felt like old motherfuckers, even though they didn't have licenses, they were knowledgeable as fuck. But I surrounded myself with um, older people and I, I, I learned certain gems from them. And I, I kind of, for whatever reason, I got like a crazy fucking memory and I could remember um, as a kid, like we had certain video games that um, planted seeds in our head. So I remember one day, one of the old heads was showing me like the right way to do plumbing. You know what I'm saying? Like that was a little bit outside of my field, but with him being so knowledgeable, he's showing me like, you know what I'm saying? How to connect the, the, the fucking wires to the elbows and you know what I'm saying? How to make your measurements and it. I remember it, it, it triggered in my mind that we had a pipe fitting game when we were little and it was almost like uh kind of put you in the mind of that Tetris shit. Okay. Um, and I, I feel like that's part of what it is that I do now is you, you kind of put the right tools in front of them. So even though they can't have the conversation, it'll just spark a little bit of interest here and there and they'll take you know what I'm saying? Playing with fucking uh, houses and, and putting everything in straight lines and stuff like that and turn that into perhaps being an architect. You know what I'm saying? Designing a city or, you know what I'm saying? Some shit like that. You just plant the seed little by little without, you know what I'm saying? Being that overbearing type of person like, hey, you're going to be a lawyer. You're going to be a doctor type shit. That's what's up. That's what's up. Dope. That's dope. The other thing I want to I want to hit on is you know you talked about bouncing back and forth between you know the, the black community that we that you know I, I knew you in 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 Detroit and you talked about being around the white community and seeing seeing different things you know what can mm -hmm. you what can you specifically call out that you saw uh, in predominantly white schools versus predominantly black schools smart boards. Um, sixth grade, we had the, the, you remember how at Central we had the fucking overhead projectors and shit like that? Um, and then once we got to like our senior year, they came out with smart boards that you could touch and it was like interactive and shit like that. It was like a projector, but you could touch it on the screen. Um, we had that shit in sixth grade in Ohio. So a lot of the, the fucking tools and equipment and assignments that we were given, like it was fucking six, seven years in advance of what we had in the inner city here in Detroit. You know, that makes sense. I went to um I went to, to Cass Tech. Uh for the for the listeners that don't know, Cass Tech is one of the top high schools in Detroit. Yeah, I got accepted there uh for my freshman year. And yeah. my middle school absolutely did not prepare me for Cast Tech. After one year, they were like, mm, "We're gonna need you to go to Central." <laughs> and yeah. um, and I remember uh, when I was in Central, you know, they put me straight up in the AP classes. And uh -huh. um, I remember what I was doing, and I was doing more in my freshman regular class at Cast Tech than I was in my sophomore AP class at Central. Yeah. So I'm a grade up and it's an AP class and it still was less intense and I was learning less in that setting than what I was at the base level of what Cast Tech was offering. So it's not surprising to hear you say what was being offered was way different. It just helped. I mean, I, I kind of knew that that was the answer, but you putting that is really got to put it in perspective for me. We the the school that we went to, and it's crazy because I didn't realize how prestigious the award was. It was a uh, fucking uh, a national blue ribbon school is what what they coined it as. Um, and once I got a little older, yeah, you know I'm saying I remember that phrase from being little, and I remember like all of the teachers being extremely happy and proud about that shit. But yeah, you know I'm saying I, I looked into it 
Um, and there's like, you know what I'm saying, only so many schools in the entire country that gets that accolade and it's based on the curriculum, you know what I'm saying, the academia and shit like that. But I can remember in seventh and eighth grade, we were doing computer programming. We were doing CNC classes. You know what I'm saying? Like it was shit that professionals, you know what I'm saying? Shit that people go to trade schools for and co- four-year colleges. Like we got that shit in seventh and eighth grade. Wow. Like, yeah, I'm saying our our um, assignment for the semester was to write a computer program. And then you get to Central and it's like, you know what I'm saying, your ninth grade, I mean, your 12th grade year, you know what I'm saying, you're sitting in the classroom learning rate times base equals part. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we learned that shit in fifth grade. Like, what the fuck is this? Damn. There it is. But I, I think it underscores um I think it underscores I think at that time we didn't really realize it, but I think it underscores how much they're fucking over the money in DPS. Um how far behind everything is in DPS because of what they're doing with the money. Like if you look at the 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 system in the state of Michigan, like it's there's supposed to be so many hundreds of millions that's kicked into public schools just off of the lottery. So if that's happening every year, how the hell is it, you know what I'm saying, schools, like all of the schools that we knew when we were growing up, all of that shit is shut down because they didn't have to fund it. How? Like make that shit make sense. Don't make a lot of sense to me. Huh? <laughs> Said it don't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, like I just think that shit is unfortunate. Like uh I think students in the city of Detroit is definitely getting the short end of the stick. There's absolutely no way a King High School or Cass Tech High School should be head and shoulders above damn near, uh, well, and Renaissance should be head and shoulders above damn near every other school in the city of Detroit in terms of uh, the curriculum year after year after year. Like, at some point, you got to make some kind of gains. Yeah, I agree with you there. Definitely agree with you there. Um, What you, what you about to get in there with, Fred? I thought you had a question there. Nah, nah, nah. If I had a question, I'm going back to the structure. You know, I don't do the state side, right? So, (laughs) (laughs) hey, but nah, um, you know, I just one thing I do want to highlight, you know, that I think anybody that we talk to about entrepreneurial, you know, uh, ways, it's always been bet on themselves. Everybody yeah. took, a shot, took a shot on themselves. You know what I mean? They, a, a lot of times, you know, like Bradley, you said um, one of your dads had a, a cleaning business idea at one point. You know, we do a lot of analysis paralysis, meaning we just want to overanalyze, overstudy, over, we're scared to make a mistake. Oh, if we get out here and do this and we mess up, it's going to come with it. It's going to come with it in any aspect you do in life. So why not take the chance on yourself? At least you know you shot for it, you know what I mean? Versus somebody dictating uh, what you make. You know, Bradley, when we worked in the, the cell phone game, my favorite line, you know, I tell people, hey, oh, I don't know if I could do it, but I don't want you. I, <laughs> I don't want you. Because this job in commissions is not no you know, oh, the boss cut my hours. Oh, you know, um, I got sent home early two out of three days this week or whatever, you know what I'm saying? If your check's short, it's because of you. You got to look at you in the mirror and say, well, why my check short? Hey. Ain't nobody going to tell you how many you can sell. Ain't nobody going to say, hey, man, you sold 15 for the month. Slow down. I need, you know what I mean? Sell them. I want you to sell them off the, you know what I'm saying, warehouse shelves. I don't even want nothing in my inventory. I want you to to sell the inventory they thought they had allocated for me. Because 
that's how you bet on yourself. At yeah. that point, it's, it's all about you. you. You know what I mean? You can't blame nobody else. And that's, <clears throat> I think that's the biggest, the biggest problem when it comes to, you know, trying to be an entrepreneur is people just scared to make a mistake. Yeah, I, I think it's confidence. Confidence is one big thing. And I think terminology is another big thing. Um, I think one crazy thing that I'm seeing is this kind of like wide sweeping is like some of the coldest contractors that I know that are unlicensed, you know what I'm saying? That could probably build a house with their fucking eyes closed. Um, the only reason they don't have a license is because they don't know terminology. You know what I'm saying? They use some 1970s, 1980s, 1990s phrase for something that in the textbook they don't refer to it as that. And that's all they need to do is be brought up to speed to the proper terminology and, you know what I'm saying, the sky's the limit. You know what I'm saying? They could sit in that six-week course and get that license and, you know what I'm saying, land jobs all over the world. Um, and I, I think that's also the case in entrepreneurship. I feel like damn near everybody that grew up in the inner city um, just through some of the circumstances, some of the shit that we grow through um, in terms of like some of the stuff that we, we've been exposed to um, as far as like uh, having thick skin, having verbally abusive parents, having um, to take on leadership roles with younger siblings, you know what I'm saying? You get off in the cell of weed and shit like that. Like, I feel like just because we grew up in the, the, the challenging environment that we grew up in, like, a lot of us would make excellent fucking CEOs, but we just don't know the terminology. You know what I'm saying? And selling weed, fucking supply and demand. That shit translates. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, incentivizing your project, you know what I'm saying, your your product, marketing, you know what I'm saying? All of this is stuff that if you could do it over here, you could do it over there. Yep. And you don't necessarily need to sit in a college class for fucking five, six years and get a master's because you grew through this shit your whole life. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you have a bad quarter, you know what I'm saying? You're not jumping off of a motherfucking building because you didn't get no goddamn bonus. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, what's next? How do we, you know what I'm saying, make this shit better? Yep. I, I just feel like as black people, like, you know what I'm saying, if we really knew how blessed we were, you know what I'm saying, if we really knew the blessing that can't, that comes from growing through the cement, um, like, we would embrace that shit and become far more powerful than what we are on a global scale. You know what I'm saying? You you selling dope when you could easily, you know what I'm saying, hop a flight, take a, a, a pinch of that dope money, hop a flight, go and network in a, a fucking uh the, the marketplace in India, fucking figure out the price of uh turmeric over there and come back over here and take that same shit that you do with your dope and go to each and every grocery store in your community and flood the, you know what I'm saying, the grocery stores with the turmeric. Now you're doing international shit and you are 100% legal. You're not looking over your shoulders, you know what I'm saying, but you're doing the same shit that you were doing before. Yep. Not exposed to it. So, Ray, what do you say to the person that's listening to this episode and they say, well, shit, I'm in my mid-30s. I got these kids. I'm barely making it as it is. I, I'm. I, it's not the right time for me to try to do something new. What do you say to that person? Um, I say confidence. Like, you know what I'm saying? You, you, confidence starts, starts with self. You know what I'm saying? You got to fuel your own start. Like you, you gotta be self-motivated. You gotta have, you gotta believe in yourself if don't nobody else believe in yourself. You know what I'm saying? So if you're, if you're short-circuiting what it is that you need to do, if you, you know what I'm saying? If you aren't able to jumpstart your motivation, then you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like a lost cause. 
know what I'm saying? You, you can't really be in that negative mindset at all. Facts. For everything that you think negative of, you know what I'm saying? You got to be able to think fucking 10 things positive. You know what I'm saying? God woke me up with vision. He woke me up with the ability to hear, see, read. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I got a car out there with gas. You know what I'm saying? Like for every negative thought that tries to seep into your mind, you bury that shit with 10 positive thoughts. You keep it moving. And I also add in that, you know, it ain't about, you know what I'm saying, I ain't got time to try something new. See, a lot of times we get wrapped up in we too busy, but we spend time, countless time doing nothing. You know what I'm saying? Doing absolutely nothing throughout your day. You are on your phone doing absolutely nothing. You know what I'm saying? Whether you're looking up scores, what's the uh, the lead in the series, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, nothing that's informative or that's going to give you anything to go out here and produce. Yep. You know what I'm saying? If you take that time, that time there, to try to learn something or produce something. You could learn something by listening, watching YouTube, whatever, but put that to use. Then whatever it is you're trying to do, you got family and friends. Hey, let me uh, come and do this over here. You know what I'm saying? You said you needed this done. Let me let me go on ahead and do that. I've been trying to get into this field. You know what I'm saying? They, they'll let you come over there as long as they ain't got to do it. And they know they're going to pay you little to nothing anyway because you ain't licensed, you ain't got experience, you know what I'm saying? They helping you out, you helping them out. You know what I mean? Or they might know how to do it and they might show you something. Every person on this planet is working with the same 24 hours in a day. Yep. Every single person, the average millionaire, billionaire, everybody that you see that's in the media, they got the same motherfucking 24 hours that you got. Yep. How you use it? That's the main thing. That's it. That's so it. How how would you say if somebody owns a property already outright and they rehabbing it, but they don't have the money to finish rehabbing it, what would you tell them to do? Learn how to do the shit yourself. Stop stop paying motherfuckers if you know you got a limited budget and you know what I'm saying, have that confidence in yourself to hang that drywall. to paint that room, you know what I'm saying? And install them floors, learn your measurements, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's at least one knowledgeable person that you can reach out to, you know what I'm saying? If you got, let's say you got fucking 200 bucks in your pocket, you know what I'm saying? Reach out to that contractor that's on your page and say, hey, can I pay you fucking 50 bucks to just come show me how to, you know what I'm saying, cut floor. Or whatever it is that he specializes in. And I'll guarantee you, he'll be willing to take 10 to 15 minutes out of his day to make 50 bucks to show you something that's going to save you thousands and thousands of dollars. Sure. That's what's up. Well, Ray, if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you at, bro? Uh, fucking Facebook is the only uh, social, me social media platform that I got. Uh, if you can't catch me on Facebook, shit, I'm at a work site. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Should I drop your email, your your, your business email in the comment in the uh, show notes as well? Yeah, that's cool. Um, right. Ray Allen, Ray Allen on Facebook, uh, Rayana Construction uh, LLC at Yahoo. Uh, that's another thing. You got to get out of the mindset. Like a, a lot of motherfuckers get uppity and. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the tag on your email is Yahoo. They frown down on that. Like, fuck all that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Do what it is that works for you. You know what I'm saying? I know motherfuckers that frown down on the, the handle of fucking Yahoo.com, but they're still trying to figure out how to become the millionaire that I already am. So uh -oh. do the shit that works for you. Uh-oh. Bro, put his business out there. <laughs> I, I I think that's one thing with our people is 
a lot of times, you, you know what I'm saying, they don't believe shit until they see proof, you know what I'm saying, because there's so much bullshit from where we come from. There's so many scams. Turn motherfucking $50 into 500 Like, all that shit sounds good as hell, but it's not until you actually see proof that you, you believe shit. Yeah, I feel it. Well, brother, I appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming in and dropping knowledge on us and sharing yeah. your story. And um, yeah, let's go help out somebody. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, I appreciate y'all having me as a guest, man. I, I enjoyed myself. Hey, enjoy listening to you, bro. Anytime you want to drop some more jewels or you got something else up your sleeve or you got a public service announcement that you feel people need to take advantage of, stop by, let us know. Hey, maybe we can help share the word or we can take advantage ourselves. Shit. <laughs> I appreciate that. I definitely will. For All sure. Right, All right. You guys have a blessed night, man. You too. You we too. out of here. Peace. Okay. Thanks for listening to What's Happening. If you enjoy our show, we'd love for you to take a moment and leave us a five-star rating in your podcast app and to share the show with a friend. Fred Scott and myself, Brad Robinson, are co-hosts and producers of What's Happening. Our theme song is Capital by Getch G. You get that song and all of our music from Epidemic Sound. Follow us on social media at What's Happening. That's W-H-E-S-H-A-T-T-N-I-N. We are on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find Fred and myself on social media as well. And all of our social media handles are in the show notes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. You do things your own way. You make things your own, just the way you like them. Your bank should do that for you, too. The Bank of Clark is the bank for that. From banking to lending to wealth management, when you need financial services built just for you, we're the bank for that. Find out what banking designed just for you is all about. Call 1-800-650-8723. Visit your local Bank of Clark branch today or go to bankofclark.bank. That's bankofclark.bank. We're the bank for that. Member FDIC.